Amen. Well, we're going to continue to worship with um, opening up the Word of God. And uh, today, we're actually going to be, once again, continuing in our theme of July in hearing stories of hope and of uh, God's deliverance and God's love in incredible ways, especially from the voices within our church community. So as we open up our minds and our hearts for God to speak to us in that way, we're going to start with a verse, and that verse is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, 23 to 24, uh, Marcos 9, 20, 23 al 24. And it simply says this. You can follow along in your Bibles or you can hear God's word read aloud. Mark 9, 23 to 24. This is Jesus encountering a man who is seeking faith and asking what we just prayed about, what we sang about this morning, give me faith. And Jesus is in a conversation with this man and he says this, verse 23 to 24. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, Lord, help me overcome my unbelief. All things are possible for the one who believes. The joy of the Lord is our hope and the joy of the Lord is our confidence and our strength. All things are possible with God. And so this month, that's what we're hearing. We're hearing testimonies of hope, testimonies of faith, testimonies of confidence and strength that remind us, even when we need help to believe, God helps us in our unbelief. Even when we're faithless, He is faithful. And even when we think that everything is going the wrong way, God makes a way. Because all things are possible with God. And so that's what we're going to be hearing. That's what we've been hearing throughout this month of testimonies together. We've had an opportunity to hear from just tremendous speakers and voices and, um, and folks from our community that have been able to sharpen us and minister to us in this time. Last week, we heard from our brother Al, from Charlotte, from uh, Mandy as well, and from Lizbeth, and it was just an incredible time to be reminded of this, that all things are possible with God. Those have been the testimonies, and again, even though the particularities are different, each one of us can hear our own story in the testimonies of others, of God's faithfulness of God being in control, of God continuing to make a way. So let's go ahead and pray, and we're going to prepare once again to hear from different voices among us, from God's people among us, hearing stories and testimonies of God's faithfulness and of God making a way always, and of God bringing hope, especially in seasons that may seem hopeless so let's go ahead and take a moment to pray together as we enter into our time in God's word and in testimonies. Lord God, you are with us. 
You are for us and you are ahead of us, Lord, on this journey. We are never, ever alone. Thank you, God, that today um, you are the one who guides us. Would you be our light, God, especially in times and seasons where everything seems confusing, where everything seems dark, where everything seems uncertain, Lord? Would you guide us? Would you carry us, Lord Jesus? Carry us through the tunnel. Carry us through the, the desert. Carry us through the loneliness, Lord. Carry us through, God, through the difficulties that we may be bringing with us this morning. And Lord, today, we want to exchange that fear for faith. We want to exchange that fear, that timidity for confidence in you. Not in ourselves, not in our situation or circumstance, but a peace of mind that comes from drawing near to you. A peace of mind that goes beyond, Lord, just the way I may feel right now, God. Take us to you. And Lord, may the joy of the Lord be our strength and the confidence of Christ. We believe in you and we know that all things are possible with you. So Lord, be with all those who share today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're continuing in this summer rhythm of, that we put in place in July to be able to just hear the different voices in our congregation. Again, to sharpen one another and to minister to one another. And it's just been such a gift for me to be able to hear God's people, be able to serve, to love, to lift up one another through these voices among us, through these testimonies. And um, that has been the theme throughout this month, where we're hearing testimonies, stories of hope, stories of God making a way, stories of faith um, from the voices of our community. And again, what a tremendous gift it's been to be able to see different leaders, different servants of God from the Imago community be able to sharpen us and minister to us through their testimonies of hope, especially testimonies of hope in this past year that's been pretty difficult for so many. And in hearing what their hope for our community is in this year to come. And today, we actually have a gift. We have a huge blessing to be able to welcome both uh, uh, the Madrids, uh, Elizabeth and Ruben Madrid will be sharing this morning, and also the Housewards, uh, Ben and Jody Houseward. And uh, there's so much that I can say about all four of them, but really the word that comes to my mind, especially when I think of that even number of four of them, is just pillars. Uh, four pillars of this church community, four pillars especially that have been a tremendous blessing to me as the pastor who serves here, but also to so many here in the church. So I am just deeply grateful for them, and I'm excited to be able to hear 
um, how God uses them to minister to us and to share a word and testimony of hope this morning. So um, I'm actually going to invite first the Madrids, both uh, Liz and Ruben Madrid, to come forward, and they're going to share with us this morning. So let's go ahead and give them a round of applause. Let's build them up in their confidence and thank God for them this morning. And um, so... Liz and Ruben, really part of the, the question and the theme that we're looking at together in this month is hope. And my question for you is that, how have you held on to hope in Jesus in this season, in this year, in your life? And um, I believe it's, uh, it'll be Ruben that'll share the second part of the question, which is, what's your hope for us as your church family, as a church community together as we move forward in this new year together, rebuilding. So I'll go ahead and pass it to Liz, and um, then we'll hear from Ruben as well. So pre preparing for this, um, I've been praying all week. Lord, show me what I'm supposed to say up here. This is what he's given me. Hope is found in the promise God has given us, promise of freedom from sin. We can find so much hope in scripture through the gifts of eternal life made possible through his son, Jesus Christ. No matter what trials, and I'm going to stop right there, the trials. We have trials in life every single day, but we have hope through God. And I'm going to give you one trial right now. When I got here, I went straight to Carlos. I'm going to share this with Carlos because I need to tell you guys as well. I walked in this church angry. And it was over something silly. We ran out of gas. Okay. But I listened to Joyce Myers every single morning. And it's funny because she had just finished saying the day before, how many of you guys talk to the devil? She says, don't be afraid to talk to the devil. She goes, you guys pray to God, but don't be afraid to talk to the devil. And at that moment, I said, devil, you're not going to get in my way today right here when I have to come up here. I'm going to say no, and I'm going to let that anger go. And that's my hope. Jesus got me through this. He battled me and said, I'm here for you. Don't let it win. And I'm not going to. Um. Temptations or pains we may suffer, we can always hold on to hope God extends to us. 1 John 5, 13, 14, it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and this is, it, this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. He'll always hear us, and that's the hope that we have to live for in everyday life in this world. The hope and confidence that we are not alone, that God sees us and God hears us in the big things and in the everyday things. And I want you to, to know that, Liz, that God sees you and hears you. And we thank you because in your weakness, in your vulnerability, in your honesty, you've ministered to us this morning. And that's exactly what the Lord says. In our weakness, he is strong. Amen? Amen. Well, um, we're, we thank God so much for everyone in our community and those that serve. Again, pillars in our community, pillars of faith. 
We're so grateful for them and um, always willing to serve. And Elizabeth is actually going to be our Sunday school teacher today. So we'll actually bless her to go and, and to, uh, all of our elementary school children, children in worship, go ahead and follow Miss Liz and she will take you to your Sunday school class for this morning. And um, we are just so excited about all that God is going to do today as well. And um, now we're going to hear from our brother Reuben, again, sharing a little bit about how you've held on to hope in Jesus Christ in this time, in this season. But then share with us too, what is your hope for us, for your church family, for our community in this year to come? It's funny. Um, my honey, she never runs out of gas. I bet you since we've been married, I bet you I ran out of gas at least at least five times. You know, just the way I, I work. You know, it's, a lot of times, it's not the most important thing to me. It's like, if I run out of gas, it's not a, it's not a bad, you know, it is a bad thing. It's silly. You know, I'm, I'm a grown guy. I should never run out of gas. But it's not that big to me, right? Because I'm just thinking of other stuff. That's just the way I am. And, and there's just the way... Different people just work different ways. And she just doesn't like silliness. And that's, that's what was her thing. Um, uh, it's, uh, you know, um, my diagnosis, um, it was pretty scary uh, last year um, when they said that I had cancer. And um, I went through a lot. And one of the things I share with people is it, it wasn't even as bad as... Um, is other people would have thought it was. Just letting you guys know, if something like that comes up in your family, when you have God, when you have Jesus, um, like like um, like Danny said today, um, He's with you. And uh, like He says, sometimes He doesn't get you out of the fire uh, totally, and sometimes He does. In my case, um, it wasn't. It actually was a, a good thing in, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, people would say, well, no, cancer can't be a good thing. But if it makes you closer to God, anything that brings you closer to God is a good thing. But um, not only that, um, it gives you um, a chance to share with people. Let people know how wonderful he is. Let people know if, um, if they go through stuff like this and they have God with them, it doesn't have to be as bad as they thought it would have been. You know, so um, it's a lot of, um, uh, what I would like for this church is the same thing that um, we would want for my family, my kids, my, uh, my uncle, uh, aunts, pe people that we love. Um, we just want everybody to know that uh, God's wonderful. We want uh, people to know that um, we, we want to just have... People be so full of um, God's spirit that uh, they, their number one thing is that uh, people know that uh, we have such a good God that we're serving. And we just want everybody to know that so that that way they have the chance to, to know him too. And um, that way we, we can all be okay. And that's why we're so thankful for God. That, uh, God does take care of us. And we know that the... You guys are such a blessing to us. When, when, when Carlos was saying that, um, 
that we're pillars, because, you know, he's mentioning kind of like pillars because there's four of us. The first thing I thought was, well, we need you guys. That's why we're here. We're not here because, um, well, we're glad that we can be a blessing to you, but we need to be here. We need to be here with God, and we're so blessed to have you guys here with us too. When we come in and we see you guys here, I mean, it, it, it really makes us feel good. And we want the best for all of you, just like we want for our, our families and the people that we love, that we were, you know, born, that we were born into, the family we are born into. You're our family. We want to be with you. We want to share life with you. Um, yeah, you just, you're, just, uh, you're just wonderful. God has given us a big, beautiful family here, and we just hope to be part of you for, for a long, long, long time. Maybe someday we'll go separate ways. People will move or whatever. But, you know, I'll take you guys with me. I mean, in my heart. And uh, I hope you guys remember me. Thank you. Ruben, can you pray for, for that hope for, for our community? Um, that hope of, yeah, just being able to carry one another and love one another. That is the call from God, that you would love one another, and against such thing there is no law, and that's what Reuben's hope is as well for us, that we would love one another just as Christ has loved us. So can you pray for this community and this hope as we move into this year together? Dear Lord Jesus, uh, you're welcome here. You're welcome with us. We, we just want you, Lord, to be um, what you want for us, what your plan we want for us, dear Lord Jesus. We, we want you to fill our hearts with uh, your Holy Spirit. We want to be a blessing to this community. We want to um, just get to know you more, love you more, love each other more, dear Jesus. Lift us up, Lord. Uh, do what, you, do what you want with us, dear Jesus. Um, we trust you, Lord. We give our lives to you, dear Jesus. Um, you've proven yourself to us, Lord. And um, we just want to be part of your world, dear God. We thank you very much. In your beautiful name, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Reuben. Uh, really appreciate that. And now we're going to hear from another wonderful couple, another wonderful uh, family here at Imago Church from the Housewards, from Ben and Jody Houseward. And again, just um, so grateful for each one of them. I'll go ahead and invite Ben um, forward first. And um, when I when I think of, of Ben and Jody, I really think of just, again, voices among us, but then um, all the voices that Jesus had around him, even with the, the apostles and disciples and leaders, um, you could find all every personality, every different type, every different experience there amongst those that were near to Jesus. And Jesus gave them a voice at the table and a place of, of being able to serve. And so, yeah, I'm just so grateful that 
when, when I think of these friends, of these partners in the gospel, I can only think of Jesus being the glue that brings us together because that's exactly what God does. He brings people who probably wouldn't ordinarily be um, as, as, uh, as, as close or have as many things in common, but because of Jesus, they are family in a common mission together. And so grateful for the house words. And Ben, I'll just, um, I, we want to hear just a, a testimony of faith, of hope. And um, how have you experienced that in this year, but in your life as well? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start with a story and then I'll kind of move on to tying it back. Um, 14 years ago, Jody and I got married and then a month later moved to California for kind of a, our first, uh, and we've been here ever since. Um, but two weeks after moving here, a group of friends invited us to go up to a, a pool, Cherry Falls, up in Sequoia, which, I mean, it's a, it's a nine, once you get up to North Fork Drive, it's a nine mile windy road and then another uh, quarter mile walk after that. So it's this kind of place that's, it's, it's out there. You'd have to, someone would have to tell you how to get there. Um, so it's say, yeah, um, we, we made it down to the falls. I got a, I have a picture of what it looks like when we, so there it is. It's a, it's a great place when you get there, uh, but the water is all just snow melt from the mountains. And so it's very cold. Um, and a friend, one of our friends mentioned that they had gone there before and they had lost their wedding ring swimming in the cold water. And so they left it at home. So I was just, just a married guy. I was just married. I was like, oh, well, I've, I haven't even taken my wedding ring off yet. Like, it was just, just still on my finger. So it was not for lack of warning that as we were wrapping up our time there and I was getting out of the water, my ring caught on a rock and fell into this pool. And so it's like, this is, I've, I've never taken this ring off, and now it just fell off into this pool. So the rest of the afternoon, like, I mean, we were getting ready to go, and now it's like, oh, I, gotta, I can't leave here without this. So I'm, like, dropping rocks, see where they go. Okay, let's look there, like, drop some other things, see how they spin. But, the, I mean, the water's just so silty, it's spinning up. So finally, we're just like, okay, okay we're, we're going to just go home. We'll, we'll figure something out. So I spent the, the, the next week, um, well, so... And this, I mean, a wedding ring is a sentimental thing, but this wedding ring, um, you know, if it was just my wedding ring, I mean, I say just my wedding ring, but, you know, I, I would have been willing to just buy a new one, be done with it, we could have a little ring exchanging ceremony, but the ring that I lost was made um, from the gold melted down from my mom's wedding ring that she had worn until my dad died in my childhood. So this, this ring was not replaceable. Um, I was not about to leave that ring behind. Um, so for the next week, um, I was researching ways of, just methodically, there's got to be a way. So looking at metal detectors, oh, metal detectors, there are special gold metal detectors, and those cost more. Okay, you want a waterproof metal detector? Well, that's even more. Um, like, we, we had not even started our new job yet. I didn't even have a paycheck. So I'm not about to buy one of these waterproof gold metal detectors. I couldn't rent one. I'd have to drive up to, like, San Francisco to find one. So we talked to somebody who had some diving gear. We got a snorkel, got some goggles, um, and a, an underwater flashlight. And we went back uh, a week later to look for this thing. Um, so we got there. It was still just as cold. Um, I, you know, we got the goggles on, got underwater, and it's just silt everywhere. Can't see anything. So the goggles are out. Um, took the snorkel. You know, I had to go, you know, my snorkel is only, you know, yay big. 
Um, and I, I had to go down farther. So I, I had brought duct tape and a PVC pipe so I could go down farther. <laughs> if you know anything about how snorkels work, that doesn't work because of, of pressure. Like once the snorkels are only that big because if you get down farther than that, the pressure of the water in your lungs, it's, you, just, you just choke. On, like it, the, it suctions up. So I, I figured that out the hard way. Um, so discouraged with my complete failure of problem solving, we abandoned the goggles and flashlights and resorted to the dive and grab blindly method, uh, which we tried for another half an hour. Um, I was still stubbornly trying to keep my head above water and just like methodically work my way through the rocks where we, where we uh, dropped it. And Jody was more on board with this method. She was just diving forward and going for it. Um, so, I mean, this was 45 minutes where we just were looking. I mean, it's, it's not a big area. It's just this area, that rock right in the middle. Um, not a big area, but we, we just could not find it. So we get out of the water, sit on the rocks, and just feel defeated. Um, I'm about ready to just call it quits. And Jody says, let's, let's give it one more shot. Let's just, I mean, I'm, I'm drying off. She said, let's pray. Pray that we can find this and give it one more shot. I said, okay, okay, oh, we'll, do, we'll do this. So we pray on the rocks that we can find this ring. Get back in, nothing. I mean, I'm looking, I'm in the cold water, I get out. Jody comes up, I found it. She's got it on the tip of her fingers, like barely falling off. <laughs> and I mean, I, I was like, it's gotta be someone else's ring. Like, like we, we can't have found it. Like, but there's no way it was. So I, I still can't believe that this happened. Um, but it, the power of prayer in that moment just struck me. And so, you know, I felt like it was the parable of the woman that lost coin, right? I just want to call all my friends and like, we've found this, this lost treasure. But we were an hour away from cell service, so we couldn't do that. We had to get back in the car, drive all the way down. Um, I call my parents and explain to them that you know, this whole process, we found this ring. Um, and my dad was like, your mom had the entire city praying. Like, it's, it's no wonder. Like, I was trying to temper her expectations. Like, they're not going to find it. But okay, if you want to do this, you can. Um, and just hearing that, like, she had that faith. Like, no, they're going to find it. And I'm going to tell everyone to pray that they find it. Um, and, you know, we were without self-service. We didn't know any of this at the time. Um, so, like, this, the whole experience was within, you know, six weeks of us being married, two weeks of us moving to Visalia. It was just a God saying, this is where you belong. I need you here. Um, and so after, like, an experience like that, you'd think that my prayer life would be, like, supercharged and I could have this amazing prayer relationship with God. But, I mean, I, I'm, I can't be the only one with this struggle. <clears throat> um, but to be, I mean, to be vulnerable, I... Maintaining a daily prayer relationship with God is, is tough. Um, we've got three kids at home. I'm trying to get them out the door in the morning, so a morning routine is hard. You know, at night I just want to relax, and finding a time to do that is, is something I struggle with. Um, but one, one th a few years ago I read this book called Why Pray, and it's, it's meant to be read over 40 days, and it just offers insight every day on different facets of prayer and uh, why it's, um, how it should be, in your, in your life. And the first chapter um, is probably what stuck with me the most since reading it, um, and that was comparing prayer to a conversation with your spouse. Um, you know, oftentimes we look at prayer as just asking God for something, or, um, you know, you, you want to thank God for something, but a lot of times, you know, sometimes Jody and I talk and I'm trying to convince her of something like, oh, we should go to this restaurant tonight, or why don't we do this? 
Um, but most of the time we talk just because that's what we do. Like, I love her and I want to communicate with her. I want to build that relationship. We just talk to get to know each other. Um, and that, that kind of insight of prayer with God, that's what it should be. It should just be building this relationship between the two of you. Um, and so, you know, we should be strengthening that through prayer um, on a daily basis. Um, and so, you know, one question that I always wrestled with is, you know, well, why, why pray if God already knows everything? You know, you, you say, I, I have this prayer request, or I want to tell God what's going on in my life, but he already knows that. I don't have to pray. Um, so there was a passage in Romans, Romans 26 to 27, um, helped help me reconcile that. And it says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Uh, this is Paul speaking to the Romans. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed with words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads with us believers in harmony with God's own will. Uh, So Paul explains how the Holy Spirit um, intercedes for us with wordless groans, is what the NIV version says. Um, And the Spirit can sort of translate our prayers into wordless groans that are brought before the Father. Um, and so it, it takes, you know, the, the prayers that we have in whatever language we're speaking, and the Holy Spirit can take those and bring those to God, and that's something that he can work with. Um, but the Holy Spirit works both ways. Not only can it help us communicate to God just what's going on, but it can help God communicate to us um, to hear from the Father. So Paul says to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians two eleven to 12, that no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit that we may understand what God has freely given us. So uh, in the book, Why Pray?, John DeVries is the author. He says, God's spirit who searches and knows the mind of God as the spirit searches and knows our mind is also in us. Prayer is the most intense, the most intimate moment of being enfolded into God's spirit so that we are one with him in thought and mind. So when we pray, the Holy Spirit allows us to have a conversation with God. I mean, with, with God, like the creator of the universe, God. It's not like I'm just praying to, to something. Like he created everything and is like with God. Um, and it's a two-way street. You know, we're not just telling him things. We're, we're able to listen to what he has to tell us. And we have to have that opportunity to be able to listen to that. Um, and so prayer is an opportunity for like the mind-melding abilities of the Holy Spirit to, to work uh, in that relationship. So I'm going to challenge myself. Um, you know, I got this book out again. I'm going to challenge myself to spend the next 40 days um, finding a time every day. And my, my hope for Imago is that you can do the same. If, if this is something that you've fallen out of habit, um, I invite you to join me in this 40-day routine. Um, we learn that God works through the Holy Spirit, um, but you have, to, you have to make that step. You have to take that opportunity. Um, so, you know, an, another example... Um, Pastor Russ at uh, Sunrise gave the example that prayer is like putting gas in your car, which is really funny. Uh, that, that's what the Madrids <laughs> talked about. I did not know that when I when I thought of this example. Yeah. Um, so you know, if if you are heading somewhere and you run out of gas on the way there, so I'll use them as an example. If if they are on the way here and they ran out of gas and they were like, oh, I don't have time to stop for gas. I got to just push this car and get to Imago, right? That's that's bonkers. Like. If they're going to push their car and they get past the gas station, like, oh, no, got no time to stop for gas. I got to get to Imago, right? Prayer is putting the gas in your tank. And so if you can't find time to stop and put gas in your tank, 
that just it doesn't it doesn't compute, right? And so um, yeah, putting prayer first, um, you know, and back, going back to the ring story, like I don't even remember if we prayed beforehand. Maybe we did, maybe we didn't, but like that's how it should have started. And with everything here at Imago, like starting with a posture of prayer, starting with that relationship with God, um, that's that's where it has to start. So that's that's my story. <laughs> well, my, my my example is finding a, a time of daily prayer with God, but you know, I'll I'll, I'll pray here for us. Um, you know, Father, we come to you like Carlos said. We're we're a bunch of people that have one thing in common, and that is we love you, um, and we we want to have a relationship with you. And sometimes we are bad at that, um, and we we pray for you to help us pray. Um, we we need to find time to do that. And we pray that you can help us to come together uh, with a posture of prayer, to be open to what you have to tell us, and that we can just tell you the things that are on our hearts, um, to listen to what you have, because you are all-knowing, and if there's anyone who can give us advice, it's you. Uh, We just pray for this community. We pray that um, you can continue to work within us and that we can be a blessing to others. Amen. Thank you so much, Ben. And uh, that is the calling and the challenge and invitation for all of us to be a community that prays together. And these next 40 days, let's commit to praying together as one body. Amen. And so now we're going to invite Jody Houseward to be able to close out our time of testimony and to also uh, pray for our our community as well um, as we prepare for communion today. Um, so Jody, can you share with us that same question? Just what has, um, how have you held on to that hope in Jesus in this year, in this season, and perhaps uh, in, in uh, your journey with God and your life as well? Good morning. Uh, I'm going to start by sharing a couple of passages that um, just really reflect the call that I feel that God has placed on my life um, in this season. And so the first one is the story of the Tower of Babel um, from Genesis 11, verses 1 to 9. It says, Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. And then the second passage that I want to read is from the New Testament, um, another familiar story, the story of Pentecost from Acts 2. This is Acts 2, verses 1 to 12. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. 
Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? So one thing that you may not know about me is that I am a Spanish teacher. Um, I know you see me as a mom and a sister um, here at Imago, um, but Monday to Friday, I teach at Central Valley Christian. Um, and these two passages are what I start out the school year with my students uh, talking about. Uh, because as I say to them, you guys have to be here. You don't have a choice. You need to be here for graduation. Um, it's a graduation requirement. But for me, I could have chosen to do any number of things with my life. So why, out of all of the careers that I could have pursued, why do I feel like this is important? Um, and this reflects for me, like I said, the call that, that God has placed on my life and also the hope that I have in him. Um, so these two, these two passages, one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament, kind of mirror each other. Um, and scholars have kind of said that Pentecost, the Holy Spirit coming in Acts 2, is a reversal of what we see at the Tower of Babel. At the Tower of Babel, we started with one language, and now all of a sudden people speak lots of languages, whereas at Pentecost, we've got lots of languages that all of a sudden everybody can understand. Um, and so if I can be your Spanish teacher for today, um, I like to just see what these two stories have in common um, and how they are a reflection of one another because I think it tells us something um, about God and about our relationship with him. Um, and so what you see is, in both cases, we have people coming together. In Genesis 11, the people came together. And in Acts 2, the people were gathered together uh, just after Christ had ascended um, and sent them on to Jerusalem um, after giving, him the great giving them the Great Commission. Um, in both cases, God came down. God came down to see what they were doing and the Holy Spirit was sent down. Um, but then we have a distinction, and this is where it's not quite a reversal. Instead of God making it so that the people in Jerusalem all understood one language, and at this point I ask my students, could God have done that? Could God have made it so that everyone in Jerusalem understood one language, the language that the Galileans were speaking? And of course the answer is yes. If a question starts with, could God do something, the answer is yes, right? Um, and yet that's not what God chose to do. Um, instead, he chose to give the disciples the miraculous ability to speak the language of the people that were gathered in Jerusalem. Um, and I think, like I said, I think that tells us something. Um, and I think it tells us that God gives us what we need to reach people. He equips us with what we need in order to share the gospel and in order to share his love. 
Um, and so that's, that's where my hope in Christ is. Um, and it would be nice if we were given miraculously the ability to speak any language that we needed to be given. Um, and often that's not how it works, but that doesn't mean that we're not equipped. And so even now, um, as brothers and sisters here at Imago, God equips us with what we need uh, in order to share his love with the people around us, whether that's a language, whether it's spiritual gifts of hospitality, of evangelism. Um, he gives us what we need. Um, we might have to work at it, uh, but he continues to equip us just as the Holy Spirit equipped the disciples um, in Acts 2. So we are equipped. Um, and so that's a reflection of my hope that I know I'm not on my own, right? I've been given the Holy Spirit. We've received the Holy Spirit, um, and he's going to get us through what he's called us to. He's going to equip us um, with what we need. A couple more things to reflect on um, that I think reflect my hope for us as a community at Imago. So, like I said, in both cases, in Genesis 2, or Genesis 11 and Acts 2, the people were gathered. But if you look at what they were gathered for, in Genesis 11, it says they gathered to make a name for themselves and to not be scattered, right? So two things kind of going on there. Um, one, it was all about them. We want people to see us. We want them to see how great we are. And there was this fear, this we don't want to be scattered. We want to be safe. We want this security. Um, and if we look at the disciples in Acts 2, it wasn't about them, right? They weren't gathered to make a name for themselves. They were gathered to make a name for Christ. Um, and again, they had just received that great commission to go and tell people. Um, and I think for us, we can sometimes make it about ourselves, and, um, you know, we want validation from other people. We want people to see that we've got things together, that we've got it going on. Um, and yet, as a church community, we need to be centered around Christ um, and centered around the call that he has uh, for each one of us. And I think when we're centered around ourselves, it leads to division and disunity. Um, and so my hope for us is that despite all of our differences, that we can come together, um, just as the disciples did, around God and what he has for us. Um, and then the other thing, just check my notes here, um, is that just like the disciples, you know, sometimes we can sit back and we can say, well, people can come to us, right? If they want to hear about God, they know where we are, right? They can come to us, they can learn our language, okay, and then we'll talk to them. That's not what the disciples did. The disciples stepped out in faith, and they reached people where they were. And just like God meets us where we're at, my hope for us as a community is that, you know, even if people are different from us, that we will have the courage and the faith to step out and meet people where they are. Um, and despite differences, to share the love of God um, within our community, but also outside these doors and within our larger community here as well. Um, so I want to share a prayer. Um, it's from a book called Seeking God's Face, um, and this reflects my hope for our congregation. So let's, let's pray together. God of strange grace, Babel teaches us that we cannot reach to heaven, but heaven will reach down to us. Reunite humanity once more in your son, God come to earth. Don't let our hearts be scattered among multiple affections. Keep us centered in you. Amen. Wow, thank you so much, Jody, Ben, Ruben, and Liz. 
for just those incredible stories of, of hope, of holding on to hope, of holding on to prayer. And as uh, Jody just ended right now, remembering who we are and who God has called us to be as a Christ-centered, Jesus-centered, gospel-centered church that is not about us, but other-centered. It's not just about me and mine. It's not just about these four walls, but it's about what God is doing here and now. It's about being gathered up in order to be built up, sent out, and meeting people where they're at, just as Jody said. And one of the signs that God has for us in meeting us where we're at is actually through the sign of communion, of common union. Today, in this morning, as we conclude our time of worship, we're actually going to take time to celebrate the sacraments. The sacraments are what the New Testament calls us to observe and to celebrate together as a church community. And here at Imago Church, we celebrate both the sacrament of baptism, which we'll be celebrating in September, and we're really excited about that, but then also the sacrament of communion. Sacraments are actually eternal signs of God's eternal covenant of grace and salvation with us through the life, death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so this morning, we're going to, to take an opportunity to simply prepare our hearts and our minds to take part in this meal that Jesus prepares for us. It'll be a time of prayer, of reflection, of praise, and again, of common union together as God's people. So right now, I want to invite us all just as we are. We've heard now from the voices among us. We've heard from the sisters and brothers in our church community telling us about the hope they have in Christ. And now it's time to hear from Jesus in this table that he invites us into. So take this moment to center yourself, to refocus your thinking. And I'm going to guide us in the Lord's Supper this morning, mostly in English, but with some highlights in Spanish as well to be able to communicate in some of our heart languages here for those of us in person and those watching online. So let's just take a moment right now to quiet our hearts. Quiet our hearts as we hear the invitation from Jesus to this table. So let's just go ahead and take a moment to pray, to quiet our hearts, to hear from the Lord. And then I will guide us in our time of communion together.
beloved friends, brothers, sisters, beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Supper, which we're about to celebrate, is a feast of remembering, of communion, and of hope. Amados en el Señor Jesucristo, la Santa Cena que estamos por celebrar es una fiesta memorial de comunión y de esperanza. We come in remembering that our Lord Jesus Christ was sent of the Father into the world, into this world, to assume our flesh and our blood, and to fulfill for us all obedience to the divine law, even to the bitter and shameful death on the cross. We come to have communion with this same Jesus Christ, the one who has promised to be with us always, even to the end of the world. He will never leave you or forsake you. In the breaking of the bread, he makes himself known to us as the true heavenly bread that strengthens us into life eternal. In the cup of blessing, he comes to us as the vine in whom we must trust and abide if we are to bear fruit in this life. We come to this table in hope, believing that this bread and this cup are a pledge and a foretaste of the feast of love of which all will take part in together, of which we shall partake when his kingdom has fully come, when with unveiled faces we shall behold him, we will be made like unto his glory, where finally our identity will be in the image of God and our purpose in the image of Christ. Let's pray. God, send your Holy Spirit upon us this morning, we pray. Lord, be with us as we take part in this meal. Would this bread that we break and the cup which we bless, Lord, may it be to us the communion of the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grant that being together in him, we may attain the unity of the faith and grow up into all things, into Christ Jesus, our Lord. And as this grain has been gathered from many fields into one loaf, and these, uh, these grains and, and these grapes have been gathered into, from many fields into one cup, grant, O oh Lord, that your whole church, your body, your people may soon be gathered from the ends of the earth into your kingdom. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the same night that he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to them, to his apostles, to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. El Señor Jesucristo, la misma noche que fue entregado, tomó el pan y dando gracias, lo partió y se lo dio a sus discípulos, diciendo, Tomen, coman, este es mi cuerpo, que por ustedes es partido. 
hagan esto en memoria de mí. After the same manner, our Lord Jesus took the cup, and when they had supped it, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. This is the New Testament in the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the meal of Jesus for the people of Jesus. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for bringing us together. We pray this morning that this cup and this bread may represent your real presence with us here and now. We pray and confess, O oh Lord, what we have done as well as our thoughts and actions that we have left undone. And we thank you, God, for the gift of your table and the gift of your hospitality. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 28, let each person examine himself or herself, then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. This time is for all. This is a time of rest, reflection, and of receiving. So today, trust and declare faith in Jesus today. Hands are open. Open your heart to him today. You can receive, you can surrender, you can entrust your life into the hands of, God, of Jesus today. And this time is going to be for everyone, it can be a time of receiving of the cup and of the bread. It can also be a time of just praying and even right where you are, surrendering, giving your life over to Jesus. And this is the meal of God for the people of God. Amen. Now, we're going to ask our one of our elders and leaders, John Jones, to come forward, and he's going to help serve a communion this morning and distribute the elements. And here we have a couple of different options. We have um, both the cup and the bread. But then for those that would prefer to just um, get their own, we also have those for the safety of all as well. They're in this bowl as well. And right there, you will have a self-contained cup and, uh, and a cracker as well, where you can take part in the Holy Supper um, together as well. But I'll ask our uh, brother John Jones to go ahead and prepare to be able to serve, and we can all take of the bread and the cup together, and we will both uh, take part in this meal together. So go ahead and receive the elements, and then together we will eat, and together we will drink of the cup. But friends, brothers, sisters, let's go ahead and make our way forward to receive this, this communion, the feast of God for the people of God. And once again, Brother John has the elements, but if you prefer um, to get it on your own, it's over here available in the bowl as well.
together as one family, let's take part in God's meal for God's people. Friends, brothers, sisters, this is the body of Christ broken for you because he loves you. Let's take and eat together as one body. Family of God, this is the blood of Christ shed for you because he loves you. Let's take and drink together as one body. Let's pray. Lord, we praise and thank you, O God, that you have fed us at your table. We're grateful for your gifts and we are mindful of this common union, this unity that we have, Lord, because you have called us, Lord. It's not us making a name for ourselves, but it's who you call us to be. Together, we are one family with one voice. As brothers and sisters united in our Lord Jesus Christ, Lord. We offer to you, Lord, our prayers for all people. God of compassion, we remember today before you those that are sick and suffering, those that are poor and afflicted, Lord, those that are dying, God, prisoners and all who are lonely, God, those who feel isolated, victims of injustice and all others who suffer, Lord God, Today, Lord, we cry out and we pray for them this morning. Thank you, Lord, for this eternal sign, for this meal that you've given us through the Lord's Supper, God. The hope of the gospel through communion. The hope that reminds us, Lord, just as it says in Ephesians 1.10, that you, Jesus, will bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ that all things would be brought together in Christ. That is our hope, Lord. That is the faith that we hold on to. Thank you, Jesus, for this reminder through this precious meal. It's in the faithful name of Jesus we pray. Amen.